This is the year where our theme is the life of discipleship. If you haven't gotten a t-shirt after the service, go down the hall and get one or in the back of McKenna. And so today we wanted to look at the life of discipleship. It's our hope at Asbury that in this year you are being shaped and formed as disciples of Jesus Christ. And so let's look together today to the word to feed us. God, we thank you for your word. And we pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and breathe life and teach us how to be disciples. In your name we pray. Amen. So here's Peter. It's time for the, the fishing, right? Peter is uh, along the seashore. He evidently has just come in from fishing all night long. Jesus is around, and so there's a crowd. This is still early on in the public ministry of Jesus, and yet there's a crowd. So uh, Peter assists Jesus and puts, puts him out in the boat to teach a little distance away. And when Jesus is done teaching, he looks to Simon and says, uh, why don't you put out for a catch? Now, I just want us to imagine a minute. What was Peter thinking? We kind of have the words, don't we? But what was Peter's face saying? What was Peter's body language saying? What was he thinking before he said his words? I think he was probably thinking something like, Jesus, you're a great teacher, but I'm the fisherman. You're the carpenter's son. I'm the fisherman. So now you're going from teaching to meddling. <laughs> but Jesus is, is uh, or Peter, excuse me, is polite, isn't he? He's polite here. He, he says, Master. He pushes back a little, but he's polite. Master, we've been out all night fishing. We've caught nothing. Or, or maybe, maybe Peter said it like, Boss, we've been fishing all night. We've caught nothing. But if you say so, okay. So Peter goes out and fishes again. He, he wanted to take a nap, but he obeys. He obeys Jesus' authority, and he goes fishing. And isn't it like Jesus, more than Peter asks or imagines? He gets this abundant catch of fish, so much so that, that the leader of the fishermen Peter is calling the others, the band of brothers, come on and help me, bring your boat. And they're still sinking because of the abundance of fish. I think Peter, being a tactile person, being a man who works with his hands, I think as he was lunging at those nets to pull them in, I think he was processing who he was dealing with. So... Jesus just schooled me on how to fish. Bam! Jesus seems to know way more at my expertise than I do. Why, it almost seems as though the whole creation obeys him. 
The fish seemed eager to get into that net. Do you see Peter's reaction to this catch of fish, this overwhelming catch of fish? He, Jesus went right at Peter's strength. And what is Peter's reaction? He's, he's, he's undone. It's kind of like Isaiah's call, right? Isaiah gets this vision of God's greatness, and he's like, woe is me. And here's Peter getting on his knees before Jesus saying, depart from me. I am a sinful man. I think it was Jesus' turn to lean back a little and smile. I think it was a kind smile. A patient smile. I think maybe Jesus thought something like, oh, Peter, you have so much to learn. And notice Jesus' words here to Peter. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be catching people. He speaks to his call. In all the Gospels, right, in the call of Peter, there are these simple words, follow me, follow me. Hey, Peter, you're not the leader, follow me. And I think we can learn a lot about uh, discipleship by looking at the life of the disciples. And so can we just take a few other snapshots of Peter's life, right? Peter is starting to learn who he's dealing with. Jesus, the Messiah, right? Do you remember when Jesus is having a conversation with the disciples? Hey, who do people say that I am? And Peter, yay, Peter! He seems to get it. He says, Jesus, you're the anointed one, the Messiah. He's getting it right. Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. And immediately after this confession of faith about Jesus' identity, immediately after, Jesus starts talking about what kind of Messiah he is. He starts talking about suffering and being murdered. Do you see that? She starts talking about this, and, and, and Peter calls him aside, calls Jesus aside. You see, Peter had expectations. He had expectations about what kind of Messiah he wanted to follow. And he was like, no, Lord, not so with you. He had religious expectations of the Messiah. He had cultural expectations about the Messiah. He had ethnic expectations about what kind of a Messiah he was following. He's like, no, Lord, let me lead you. Let me help shape and form you right here. How do you think that went for him? Jesus being led by Peter. How, how do you think that, that went over? You can check out the text. Hmm? The text in Mark, Peter, re, Peter, excuse me, Jesus rebukes Peter. Jesus rebukes Peter. And, and doesn't mince words, he says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> it's as though you can hear an echo, an echo chamber of 
Satan in the wilderness tempting Jesus, trying to get Jesus to grasp at worldly power. And here's Peter saying, no, you need to be the conquering Messiah. Roll out the red carpet, not a suffering Messiah. And Jesus says, get behind me. He says to Peter, you're thinking about worldly things. You're thinking about fleshly things, not about divine things. Mm. None of that in the American church. Get behind me. And then Jesus starts teaching, schooling the disciples about what it means to be a follower of this Messiah, Jesus. And Jesus starts saying things like this, if anyone wants to come after me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. He basically tells his disciples, count the cost. This is an easy believism. This is an easy believism. This is follow me. And then we can go ahead. Fast forward, right? Fast forward into the story. Jesus in the Last Supper. Jesus starts talking about betrayal. Betrayal and suffering. And Peter interjects, right? Peter's like, Lord, if everybody else turns away, not me. I won't deny you. I'm ready to die for you. Do you see in Luke how, how Jesus responds to Peter there? I wonder what the look in, Pete, in Jesus' eyes was. I think the look in Jesus' eyes was one of love, not surprise. He knew Jesus. He knew Peter. He knew. He knew Peter was capable of denying. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Satan wants to sift you all like wheat. But I have prayed for you. Peter, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. Peter, when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. For before the rooster's going to crow tonight, you're going to deny repeatedly that you even know me. And then fast forward, way fast forward, right? We go to through Jesus' betrayal and crucifixion and death and the resurrection, right? We go to the end of the Gospel of John and we have this great snapshot of, of Peter out fishing again with his band of brothers. They've gone back to their expertise. And guess what? They've caught nothing. <laughs> Don't you love the bookends of Jesus here? He comes and stands by the shore and says, Children, have you caught anything? Why don't you let your nets down over here? And they let down their nets and they get this overabundance of fish. 
And the disciple John's like, hmm, I've had this experience before. He nudges Peter. Peter looks and sees Jesus, and he like freaks out and jumps into the water. He puts on his clothes and then goes fishing. What's up with that? And then you see Jesus and Peter having this conversation. You know this story, right? In John, this great story where Jesus asked Peter three times, Peter, son of John, do you love me? Can we just step back and talk about how relational this conversation is? This conversation's all around Peter's relationship with Jesus about who's leading and who's following. And we see Peter so much more humble. Finally, he says to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Truly, I tell you, Peter, when you were young, you were your own boss. You used to get dressed and go wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will lead you where you do not wish to go. Jesus was speaking to Peter about his life and about the ministry ahead. And it was the same cruciform model of ministry. All the disciples seemed invited into suffering. And there it is again. Those simple words, yet so powerful, follow me. Follow me. I wish I could take time to talk about Acts and the radical transformation that we see in Peter. Here is Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, a changed man, a different kind of leader, preaching and thousands are coming, standing up to be counted in the early church in Acts. And it's no coincidence when we get to the book of 1 Peter, a book that we believe Peter wrote. It's no coincidence that Peter's major themes in that book are on obedience and suffering. And so today, I just want to invite us into these texts. I want to invite us to recognize that the Holy Spirit is here in our midst and to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us out of these scriptures. And so I want to call us to prayer and I want to say that maybe there's one of these that I'm going to raise. I'm going to give different topics. Maybe there's one of these that will kind of be like a shoe that fits you. And if one of these is a shoe that fits you, go ahead and wear it and pray around that. So can we go to the Lord in prayer? If you're here today at the sound of my voice and you're filled with zeal for the Lord, you're aware that the Lord's given you talents and strengths and knowledge 
And you, if you were to be honest, you're ready to blow this pop stand. You're ready to get out of seminary and get at it. If that's you today, I wonder if you could take some more time around Luke chapter 5 and hear the call of Peter. Maybe Jesus has some things to say to you around that call. Follow me. <laughs> Let me talk to you about your strengths. There's so much you have to learn. If you're here today and you would confess that things have not been going like you've expected, your idea of the Christian life and what following Jesus meant, well, it's not all adding up to you. If that's you today, I would invite you to go to Mark 8 and talk to Jesus about your expectations. And allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you about what it means to deny yourself and follow the Lord Jesus. If you're here today and you're freshly and painfully aware of failure, you've blown it. You know you're not worthy. You've got some things in your past why you shouldn't even be here. That's how you're feeling inside. I'd invite you to go to John 21. Allow Jesus to love on you. Allow him to call you back to your first love of relationship with Jesus. And if you're here today and you feel in the midst of a trial, a suffering, a great struggle, you feel pressed, I'd encourage you to go to 1 Peter 5. And be encouraged. Jesus has overcome. And he will be with you by the power of the Spirit to overcome. Disciples of Jesus Christ, spend some time asking Jesus, and make sure you spend some time listening. Can we just wait on him? Because here's a truth in scripture. Before we're leaders, we're followers. Let's follow him.